Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Ed Spangenberg from Click Tea Shop. And if you're down in the dumps and you need something to pick you up, there's only one thing that will do. What's that? The Shout It Out Loudcast with Tom and Zeus. Uninhibited and uncensored for your listening pleasure. Kiss Army. Tom and Zeus with another episode of Shout It Out Loudcast, episode 127. We're calling this one Eric Singer. Tom, this is our third Kiss member profile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we're going to start this episode with the Arnold shit. Oh, yes. We, they we're going to be distracted left and right. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So how you doing? I'm great. Sweating my ass off. Heat wave up here in the Northeast. Oh, you know, all that sw- stuff. Swamp ass. Oh, yeah. God, <laughs> marinating in this leather desk chair. Oh, Oof. Oh, it's just n- not good. Fucking legs are all like sweaty. Oh, up. It's like the oh, inside right. of that Italian sub that made you oh. sick after your DDPY oh. yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Bur- burping out baloney. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck, dude? (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm doing good. I'm good. We're talking, uh, yeah, another member episode. Eric Singer this time around. So there'll be a lot to say about that. He's got quite a history, not just Kiss. So it'll be good. Yes, yes. So um, we usually start with last week's episode and go through uh, the Twitter poll. You got it? Yeah, so last week we talked about that iconic <laughs> appearance on Oprah from 1988 with Paul and Jean and uh, Pamela DeBar from uh, fellow Pantheon podcaster. So we tried to come up with a, with a creative question for this one. So we said, what aged the worst from the interview? Was it Jean boasting or Paul's scripted one-liners? And uh, it, was a, it was a pretty close, pretty close vote there. Paul's one-liners 
uh, won by a slight margin of 52 to 48. Wow. Uh, yeah. And some of the comments here, uh, our buddy Jerky Jack Broad said, Paul's dumb one-liners for me. Every interview was the same thing with him. Uh, our buddy Darren, I think 80s Gene is always more cringeworthy than the 80s Paul. Ooh, I don't know about that, Darren. I mean, I, they're both pretty bad, but um, Lee Bruton, I went for Paul. Gene's Gene always playing the rock star. Pocket Rocket Ride said it got to be Gene's boasting in today's landscape. It has aged horribly. Fun episode. Alessandro Rourke, both are so stereotypical for me for the time. Paul was lame as calculated. At least Gene was entertaining and honest. Yes. Then DG from Tennessee said Paul and then used that gif of Stanley from the office kind of rolling his eyes. Um, Our buddy Gerald Saul Rosenberg. Paul's stupid cliched one-liners are about as common in Kiss World as the band playing rock and roll all night at a concert. They exist and we shouldn't even blink anymore. Hearing Gene talk like that today is like Frank Drebin finding old food in the refrigerator. And then he has the gif of him from Naked Gun taking the Chinese food. Drebin has some of those funniest fucking lines. You mean bingo. (laughs) Bingo. (laughs) He's walking around talking to himself. And where the hell am I? (laughs) And then some some episode-specific comments. Um, Monica Guerra said, I remember this episode. Gene told Oprah his tongue was long enough to make her his closest friend. That's true. Uh, our buddy Steve had some great comments. We'll get to those in a minute. <laughs> Gerald Rosenberg again. Can we talk about this guy? And he zoomed in on the audience. <laughs> that, poor, that poor guy with the part down the middle and the shaded glasses looking like John Lennon with a Kiss t-shirt on. <laughs> and then Costa just doubled that up and said, how did Ooh. Vinny? Costa, Vucinus. Oh. He said, how did Vinny get in the audience? <laughs> he found oh. a picture. <laughs> That looks like a cross between like Vinny, friggin' Blondie, looks like Wendy and William, yeah, Williams, kinda, and Lizzie Borden, all in one. BC's favorite band, (laughs) uh, Lizzie Borden. (laughs) (laughs) He gets he gets breathless when he talks about his favorite band. Uh, Costa again jumps in and says, as he's listing that doctors, politicians, and lawyers are being chased after, just like rock stars for some loving and escapades. Classic show guys cringed every time Polaroid Gene and Cliche Paul open their mouths. Nige Savage, uh, our friend there, totally agree with what you're saying. Paul saying he's nothing like Vince, Neil, Axel, etc., and calling them washed up when they were at the height of their popularity, totally deluded. He is the same. Agree, Oprah handled the interview very well. And PDB, Pam DeBar, lots of good insights. Yes. Dish the Metal podcast says, number one, when you're playing the Oprah reference clips at the top of this, this was the one that I would hope coming next. And he uh, plucks out something from South Park. That's pretty good. Uh, And then he says, top five, a top five Fourth of July kiss songs would be an amazing brain busting show idea for next month. We'll see about that. We might have something else in store for Fourth of July, but thank you. Dish the Metal for the comments. Um. And then Lance, I can't believe we didn't get more comments on this. I thought we were going to get pummeled with him. But Lance said, Tom and Zeus as high school language counselors. How much were you charged for being a life coach for an unemployed 47-year-old guy with a Bachelor of Arts in English from Ohio? I'm asking for a friend. Aww, and then Lance. 
And that, oh, we love Lance. And then our good friend, Tony. Miserable? Curmudgeon? If I don't like a stupid song, it's my private business. It's my personal private business. And of course, I had to respond with, well, Tony, it doesn't look like you're doing any business. And then, of course, our friend, I love it louder. I'm just happy to be mentioned in the same sentence. Also, Tony is correct. Everyone else is wrong. Oh, boy. No, 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 no. Who? Tony the curmudgeon? (laughs) (laughs) Miserable Musalem? (laughs) Then we got Brian Brian Strutter. I saw the show. What the fuck was Paul thinking on his jacket? <laughs> cool Captain Crunch. Nige jumps in again and says, watching the Oprah clip before listening to the episode. Wow, cringy viewing. Gene's Mount Olympus comment, comment was just so dumb. I bet Paul with his current, quote, new personality on social media has done whatever he can to bury these videos. It reminds me, it reminds him the new Paul is a fucking fake. Ooh, harsh words from Nige. Uh, So that's some Twitter stuff. What do we got on the book of face? (laughs) (laughs) Over on Facebook, we got Jason Warden. Finished up the episode last night. I remember ditching school that day to watch this episode. Didn't trust the VCR. Gene was cool AF as fuck for me at the time. Just remember both looking bad. Paul was leaning away. Maybe he had some kind of closeness issue at the time. Oh no. This is good. Yeah. I read that Samantha Fox said in her book he didn't like to cuddle after making love and he would take a shower after being intimate. Who the hell ditches Sam Fox? Especially during their 80s prime. Paul is my all-time fave member. But maybe this was the beginning of Pandemic Paul. Thanks for the memories. This is when I really got into the band. An Oprah episode had folks talking about them. Say what you want. But Kiss, especially Gene and Paul, adapted and survived their way. It's a good point. The whole thing about Paul and Samantha Fox. Let's not forget the fact that not long after Samantha Fox dated Paul, she became a lesbian. <laughs> so <laughs> not that there's yeah. anything wrong with that, but you know, no, but if you think about it in the episode, this, this is Oprah, you know, it's not, right. they, they were, I mean, they were hawking themselves out to Geraldo and the rest of the idiots too, but Geraldo Rivera. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Raldo and his mustache. <laughs> Paul's but, just Paul's just unco- I I think that if if it was a one-on-one interview with just Oprah I bet you he would have been better but him being on a stage in front of an audience and not knowing what kind of questions were going to come at him I think that created the discomfort probably Perfect well yeah. said buddy Yeah no, but I'm just saying like they didn't have Stephen Pearcy on they didn't have Tommy Lee like that's a right. pretty thing they're on Oprah that's good publicity I agree uh, right I agree so, All right uh Raymond Gallus I remember watching this thinking, Gene seems so forced and phony trying to push an image while trying to be provocative. Paul came across like a rock star, just relaxed and witty, but making his point across with a sense of humor. Uh, I just respectfully have to disagree, buddy. He seemed like very uncomfortable, just body language, the way he was sitting. Yeah, me too. I have to respectfully disagree too. I think Paul just came off very uncomfortable, and that's why he just had those canned one-liners. He was like friggin' Rodney Dangerfield up and there. When he spoke. He 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 was like you could see like the engines and the smoke going off at his brain. Yeah. Trying to remember what he was gonna talk real 
quietly. Whereas Gene, you can see, was just talking off the cuff. His his bravado and bullshit that he was saying, you know. Yeah, it just shows Gene's confidence. I mean, yeah, Gene was cringy, but he was just confident, you know. Here you go, Tom. Oh, Michael Anderson, call down, Tom. I think he was trying to say calm. Oh, nobody wants to hear you get a semi watching Jackie Collins. Oh, it wasn't a semi. It was at it was at full mast. Oh. <laughs> Oh, get that away. I'm trying to fucking communicate here about fucking Captain Crunch Jacket. Oh, here we go. Ooh, Jackie Collins. Ooh. Oh, no. Here we go. Ooh, grandma porn. Ooh. Matt Wallace. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I remember this when it aired. I'd watch anything that a kiss involved. Another was the Peter Chris impersonation. <laughs> we'll get to that, that one. And the and the guy that looked like Cousin Oliver that came out of the woodwork. Um, I'd be willing to bet Sonny Bukaki <laughs> would rather toss Oprah's mud cutter <laughs> than slip his meat piston into that absolute smoke show Bridget Fonda's hatchet wound. <laughs> Settle the fuck down, Pooney. Hands down, the best kiss video clip is when Paul swings on the trapeze during the you make me rock hard video. Wink, <laughs> wink, Tom. Oh, uh, Dude, <laughs> how many friggin' cliches for your bodily organs can you come up with in one <laughs> message? Matt Wallace's <laughs> cliches are that he's going to always put in Bukaki Pooney. Oh. Somehow fit in Bridget Fonda, <laughs> and somehow come up with new nicknames for body uh, bodily parts. Right? Oh my god! Wow, oh. Darren Hunt, you walk over, but you limp back. Remember? <laughs> yes, Grandma, you yep. walk over, but you limp back. You limp back. <laughs> I remember in the picture of hell I saw in hard copy last week. <laughs> Yeah, there's a long, strong, handy young man named Stedman. Stedman. <laughs> mustachioed man. Rick Rara, this should be a humdinger. <laughs> it's, it's a good one. I like that. Mark Stewart, Paul wearing his Captain Crunch clothes. <laughs> that still has me crying. Yep. yep. Over on our Loudcasters page, Tom. Um, Stephen Stacy, Paul the rock star, Gene the cock star, laughed wow. and cringed out loud the whole episode. Great fun, great podcast. Nice, thank you. Very cool. Tony Smith, I love when Gene said something like, "My tongue could be your friend," and then Janine Gatos Locker says, "It's long enough to make you my very closest friend." Oh yeah, there you go. She's right. She's right. Uh, Steven uh, Sangston. I saw this when it aired. I think I still have it on VHS somewhere. I cannot believe the amount of people that actually saw this when it aired. And and I know I know he didn't he didn't comment this week, but uh, I know Murph, our buddy Murph, told me he's like, yeah, I remember watching this. I'm like, how? How? Dude, I still have somewhere like my video cassettes of videos, like hair metal videos. I, I remember to- that. Headbangers Paul. Yeah, I remember that stuff, but Oprah with Gene and Paul in 1988? Yeah. Mm. We were in 
we were in high school. What the fuck are you doing watching Oprah? Graham Richley. This is why I love this podcast. I never heard this before, and it was fascinating. Shows how much times and attitudes have changed since we were teenagers. If they wanted real use and abuse rock stars, they could have spoken with Motley Crue. Kiss has always been sanitized version of real decadence. That's actually a great comment. He's right. Kiss is net. Kiss is always their appearance is a lot more than it actually like Motley Crue. They were disgusting. I mean, yeah. you, you watch their movie, you read their books. The Kiss didn't do that kind of stuff ever. Tony Stratus, classic Jack Benacchio. <laughs> I swear, Paul is shy, embarrassed when it comes to talking about females. Yeah. You ask him. So, Paul, tell us, what is it about a woman that drives you crazy? Ooh, you know, uh, everything, but I don't want to talk about it. He, 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 oh. <laughs> okay. He is so awkward. Ha, ha, ha. It's true. Yeah. Max Lynch wasn't aware of this appearance either. Enjoy the leopard print, Tom. And he put a picture oh. of Jackie Collins with her feathered up, teased hair. Oh, yes. Ooh. Oof, yes. You got a Ooh, fat ass. You even cuted in your baby pitches. <laughs> Matt, over on YouTube. YouTube. Matt Weller's dick. <laughs> Settle the fuck down, Paul Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> what a stupid outfit. Captain Kangaroo. What a oh. <laughs> Anthony Stratus. Groovy, baby. I just know this will be another cracking episode full of laughs. No doubt. Nice. Mark Stewart. Thanks for the episode. Your comments had me crying with laughter. I've watched that video many times just to humor myself. One of the things I found amusing was Paul's posture. He looks like a Muppet during, during that. <laughs> I was constantly looking for Jim Henson to be behind him, working his arms and legs while operating his movements. Check out old clips of Kermit the Frog and watch <laughs> Paul's arm movements. Tell me I'm wrong. Oh, my God. Nice. The only real Muppet in Kiss is... It's his ace Fraley. Um, Mr. Antonio 2005. What a great name. As you all know, the first prize is a Cadillac Eldorado. And that goes to Gene for his bravado during this show. Anyone want to see second prize? Second prize is a set of steak knives. Goes to the lady who was dating the manager of Saxon. <laughs> I want to ask her, do you like kiss? <laughs> Third prize, you're fired. Goes to Miss Paul, Mr. Wonderful Stanley, these shitty one-liners where you think you're the smartest and most articulate person in the room should be gathered and used for future Uncle Gene solo songs. <laughs> oh, nice. There you go. 
And then our buddy, always holding up the rear, Marty White. Tom read an email that led to a conversation about yoga and stretching. I spent the last 10 years as a licensed physical therapist. And in my professional opinion, yoga is a waste of time and energy. If you want a real exercise routine, the Paul Stanley workout (laughs) offers the true way to physical health. If copies of the tape are no longer available, you can email me and I'll send you a digital copy of mine. And it's something like Dr. White at yogas for commies. Dot com. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Nice. And that's it from my end, Tom. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, Or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good. Well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. All right, so we got a cu- we got a couple of emails this week. Our good friend Tony Smith. This is a great one. In light of my current health situation... We hope you're feeling well, Tony. I wondered if anyone knew where I can find the I can't believe it's not Butter Queen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. Tony's great. And then we got it. Then we got an email here. This is great. I love angry emails. This comes from James Thompson. Hey, guys, this episode is the epitome of how far Kiss had fallen from their prime 10 years after the Love Gun tour. There is no way in 1978 they would have been on Tom Snyder debating groupies and female audience members about the legitimacy of one night stands. 
Yeah, it was the 80s. Yeah, Shock Talk was making its way into the mainstream with the likes of Howard Stern and Morton Downey Jr. But these guys were 10 years out from being the biggest band in the world. Paul and Gene agreed to this interview to try to boost album or ticket sales. How many times did the Beatles or Led Zeppelin or Black Sabbath go on Donahue to talk about banging chicks? Zero. Politician Paul dropped his pre-written lines and kind of managed to look to not look like a total scumbag. Gene acted like the pig he was known to be at the time. But I'm certain Paul McCartney and John Lennon scored way more often in the 60s than Gene and Paul did in the 80s. I don't know about that. But the Beatles didn't feel the need to tarnish their legacy for attention. Just like you didn't see Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr going on Oprah to talk about sex with their fans, they also didn't substitute their dead band members with Yoko Thayer and (laughs) Eric Harrison for a 2021 End of the Road tour. Oof, that's rough. We're all fans of Kiss. We all love the music. So I hope we can also agree that this band doesn't have a history of making great fucking decisions. Whoa. Jim dropping some heat right there on Kiss. The whole thing about the Beatles, it's it, it, they, they, it was different in that era. Kiss were, they were famous. It was the 80s. It's different. I mean, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, but eh, I, I don't know about that. Um, and then we're going to finish off with a comment from our good friend, Steve. Steve uh, loves to post stuff on our Loudcasters Facebook group, always posting pictures, very interactive and complimentary to us on Twitter, always interacting and retweeting and comment. Uh, and he had this to say, yet another great episode, guys. I remember seeing this years ago, but had forgotten all about it. Thank you for always bringing so many different topics, more laughs than you will find anywhere else. Always a bright spot of the week, and every show is eagerly anticipated. And Steve, we can't thank you enough for the kind words that you give us every week. And this week, you, the fan, are our comment of the week. Thank you, Steve, for being such a big fan as always. Good buddy. Good answer. Good answer. I like the way you think. I'm going to be watching you. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Congratulations on that. You get a prize in the mail, which will be some Kiss Air guitar strings. Yes, make sure you take care of them. Uh, Tom, (laughs) one last thing, though. I did want to go over a couple uh, DMs that we got on Twitter. Yes, please. Go ahead. They seem to everyone seems to really enjoy the Butter Queen. Oh, God. Go ahead. Your buddy, Jeff Trot. Yeah, Jeff Trot. He'll be on the cruise. Nice, nice. He puts down five laughing emojis. Wouldn't you get high cholesterol because your flaps would absorb all that butter? (laughs) Holy shit, I'm dying. (laughs) The butter queen. These are all from Facebook DMs. Yep. Um, Rob Moody. I just listened to the Oprah episode. Ha, ha, ha. Once again, you didn't disappoint. I love Gene's moxie. I agree he was in his element completely. Paul sounded like an asshole as usual. (laughs) As usual. My favorite line this week was, wouldn't her flaps absorb the butter? (laughs) Cause a cholesterol problem? See? They listen. Rock. Keep it up. I'm hooked. That's awesome. Thank you. That's great. Uh, Rick Rara. I was right. It was a humdinger. Quote of the show, her flaps will suck in all the butter. <laughs> Laughing my ass off. By the way, I've been listening to Great White nonstop for the last two weeks. 
Never got into them other than a few of their hits. Thanks to you guys, I found they rock pretty damn good. Awesome. All right. Very cool. Yes. Good stuff. Uh, yeah. And so, Tom, those are our comments. You know, before we move on, though, and get into Kiss World, I'd like to give a shout out to our Patreon subscribers. All those that are on Patreon, most of them have now received their stickers, which uh, some of them have been kind enough to post them online. Uh, a couple of people got their shirts already. Uh, I know Chris just sent us a photo of him in his shirt. I know uh, Dan, I love it louder, did one too. Where he wore his uh, recently. And uh, yeah, and they're uh, putting out their stickers on the guitar cases. Uh, Kevin Jepson just put his on his car along with the pot of a thunder one that he says he puts not bands, but podcasts on his car window. Love it. Love it. Thank you, Kevin. That's awesome. Yeah, our pant- uh, Patreon subscribers are awesome. Uh, we really appreciate all their uh, support, and uh, they are, they uh, have been helping us uh, since we started the account. I think uh, beginning of the year, and it's been uh, it's been awesome. Uh, can't say enough good things about it, and uh, the people that are supporting us, we really appreciate it, and we tip our hat to you guys, and hope we can keep giving you the content. That you want and if this is something That anybody else is interested in Please go to patreon.com And look under creators Just look up shout it out loudcast you'll find us Or you can go to the patreon app Or in the episode notes We have a link usually to uh, The patreon account Absolutely yeah it's amazing You guys are the best and uh, we can't thank you Enough every week we say the same thing to you guys you know, check it out if it's something that you're interested in. There's all kinds of tiers and levels. You can go to the Patreon website, the Patreon app, and look for us. Um, you know, and the people that are involved already with Patreon, you know, uh, it's a two-way street. We're, we're a family here. You know, let us know what you think about what's going on with the show. You know, we share some behind-the-scenes things and give you guys some Patreon-exclusive uh, input and, and topics and things. So, you know, let's keep the family growing. Looks like all signs are pointing to that Kiss Cruise taking off in October. So let's get some more Patreon people there. We can all hook up on the cruise. It'll be a good time. So take a look and uh, jump in and sign up if it's something that you're interested in. Thank you. Yeah. So, Tom, let's move on over to the Kiss World. All right, so there's not much going on, but uh, people are getting them all hyped up for the KISS documentary, the biography on A&E at the end of the month. And uh, KISS's official social media posted some uh, rehearsal pictures uh, for when they do the world premiere. They're going to be performing at uh, Tribeca. They're going to be doing a performance. So Yeah, can you tell us about those pictures that Paul put up? Yeah, Paul. So the 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 official Kiss uh, social media was pretty cool. Paul again had the who fodded face. <laughs> he, he can't help it. Uh, Gene loves to wear the white high top untied sneakers. <laughs> so was the beatic old <laughs> And he's wearing his Gene Simmons money bag hat. Uh, Tommy Thayer looks awesome. He looks he looks fit and young. He looks cool and kick ass. I don't care what anybody says. Um, Eric looks great. He's behind the drums. I mean, he's, he looks old and I think he's the youngest in the band, but he looks old, but he's, he's, he's killing it too. So everybody's excited for that biography. You know, they're going to be doing the live performance to kind of promote it. Another thing, speaking about the bio, we've seen some people on social media dropping some information. They've gotten some exclusive, uh, pre-screening of it you know zeus and i are trying to stay away from that we want to go into this thing fresh and everybody is going to have their opinions on it and we know that there are people out there eddie trunk was one of them he posted some things and that's fine that's his i mean i'll be honest i was annoyed by it 
Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I, I was like, too. Stop telling people about what's in there, what's not, and then the the release police had oh, to come God. out, and he was in there, and yep. and you know he's usually got nothing positive yep. to say too, yep. and it's just like you know, oh, is this part true? No, 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 this part is true, but this is like. I don't want to know about any of this. Let yeah. me just watch it. Yeah, and the thing that's pissing me off is right now we're recording. It's only it's only June 9th. This thing doesn't air for like another three weeks. And by then, what the? I mean, just stop. It's worse than like a movie spoiler or a TV spoiler. Let, let us watch it, and then you can break it apart and talk about it. Don't tell us what to look for and what to hear and what you're hearing. What's and, not in there. Yeah, exactly. Just stop. Stop. I mean, I know social media is a place where shit gets ruined, but... Try not to ruin this. Absolutely. So, yeah, I know that was quite annoying as well. The album is coming out this weekend, you said, right? That's right. Yep. Um, According to Kiss Online and Amazon, it looks like it's still online to be dropping on Friday, uh, June 11th. That's the Kiss Off the Sambo, the Tokyo show with Ace and uh, Eric Singer. Uh, A lot of people are excited about that. I know we are. I know that we have it pre-ordered and we'll be playing it. And who knows? uh, Maybe we'll be talking about it soon. Who knows? But everybody's excited for that. A new Kiss release from a lineup that nobody has unless you're one of those insane bootleg collectors. I'm not an insane bootleg collector. I have a couple, but I don't have anything like this. So that's exciting for a lot of people for sure. Yeah. Tommy's been uh, putting up photos of his vineyards. Yep. Yep. And that's what he's been kind of doing. Yep. You know, and I'm I'm happy for Tommy because Gene is a man of the people. Gene is always out there doing Gene things. Paul is the Renaissance man. Yep. Eric is well known for his hobby with watches. Yep. Right? And we'll get yep. into that. Yep. And what does Tommy have? Well, I know Tommy is, is because of his father had a background in military stuff and yep. he appreciates that stuff. But now Tommy's got a new little pet project, his vineyards. Good for him. Yeah. Look, I love Tommy. Good guy. Great guitar player. The beating that he takes from some of the people in the Kiss community is complete bullshit and totally unwarranted. That's your prerogative if you want to be a dick and go after him. But I'm a huge fan of him. He just seems like a great guy when he's off the stage. You know, the kind of guy that you'd like to hang out with. I mean, I I would absolutely love it if there was a chance to, to meet him or see him up close when we're on the cruise. So it, it's nice to see him do something passionate in his free time. So it's, it's cool to see always. And I, and I like how he's, he's proud of it and posts pictures on his own social media. That's cool to see too. Yeah. In stockbroker Simmons, at, at least three oh God. I see tweets about Bitcoin and oh. cryptocurrency and Jesus Christ <laughs> settle down already. <laughs> cryptocurrency. Jesus Christ. It's like he's trading in fucking tokens from fucking Dave and Buster's. Come on. I mean, give me a break. You too should take Dave and Buster coins. <laughs> they are worth millions. Hold on to them. Melt them down and you can turn them into a lot more than they're worth. Along with these limited edition Kiss Asylum uniforms. <laughs> Collector's items. Limited to 10,000. <laughs> God. Uh, yeah, right. so, that, so that's it. That's it. Oh, and another thing, too, speaking of looking forward to stuff, again, it's, you know, middle of June. We got our KISS show in August. All signs point to, all signs point to yes. So <laughs> would you say it ain't going to happen? That ain't happening. Now you're the negative guy. Oh, that ain't happening. <laughs> Fuck off. Come on, man. Hey, it's still on the calendar. I hear you. 
I, I hear you, fruitcake. I, I hear you, fruitcake. Wish you luck um, in the future. So, all right. So, ready to get into uh, Eric Singer, our little friend? <laughs> I know a little drummer, and he's right over there. <laughs> Let's do it. Eric right. Singer, baby. So, Tom, Eric Singer, uh, our third member profile. Um, we've done Peter Chris. We've done Mark St. John. And this now we're doing Eric Singer, uh, the drummer of Kiss, the second cat man. Yep. And uh, let's start with the pretty much the, you know, the basics, the intro, shall we say, of okay. Mr. Singer. So uh, the thing that I, I mean, well, first he was born. May 12th, 1958, which makes him, uh, I believe, 63 at this point. And probably the second youngest, because I think Tommy's younger. Yes. Yes. So um, he's 63 years young, born yep. in Cleveland, Ohio. And he was actually born Eric Doyle Messenger. Yep. They took, um, out, the, they took out the men and made him the singer. Men singer. Yes, exactly. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes by. He was going by Eric Singer prior to. It's not like a, a Eric Carr thing, where he's Paul Caravello, and then they're like, "If you want to join our band, <laughs> yeah, you are Eric Carr." Right. Um, I he uh, he was performing under Eric Singer prior to him coming on to Kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing I know about Eric and. Uh, you learn quickly is uh, his background. His family was musicians. His father uh, was uh, performing in like big bands, I, I believe. Correct. He was a big yep. band leader. He was a big band leader. Yes. And he uh, he played around that area and uh, he also performed on cruise ships. Um, so, yeah, he, he grew up, you know, with with a, with a musical background, started playing drums when he was a kid, you know, and inspired by all the classic bands that everybody references. The Who, Zeppelin, Sabbath, you know, and then all the drummers that everybody loves, Bonham, Keith Moon, your your boy Cozy Powell. Yeah. Um, and then the, the, the knows my boy. And then the great Buddy Rich and all those guys. So he, he comes from a uh he's got a lineage there. Did you just say my boy Ice Cube, Arabian Prince Cole rocking <laughs> shit? <laughs> Save it for when we review straight out of Compton. <laughs> Arabian, Arabian prince. prince, settle down. <laughs> he as well is of Jewish descent. He's actually German Jewish, so that would make uh, I believe three of the four. Correct. Yep. Right. That's right. Yep. Um, but he's from German. I thought Paul's was also German Jewish descent, and I think Jeans is Hungarian. Correct. I believe. I believe that's correct. I think so. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And then Eric following in his parents, you know, his father's footsteps, got into drums as a young age. And he was working at a music store, I believe. And he always wanted to become a professional drummer. Mm -hmm. And he's got that background. And you always hear about this, that he's a professional drummer. Not a hard rock like Eric Carr drummer. 
Eric Singer has more uh, different styles in his background, where in Peter Chris came from that jazz kind mm-hmm. of big band background. Yeah, Which, Eric Eric Singer's right? kind of like the he's like the musician where a lot of times you hear this you hear the term like session player, where a lot of yeah, these guys exactly. a, a lot of these guys are in like like for like a band that I love Steely Dan like they had tons of session players that like they weren't they weren't they weren't considered in the band but when it came time for recording or things now the difference here is that Eric Singer was part of these all these bands but I think he could do it all. And it's interesting how he was in so many big names, but just kind of just he was like a journeyman. And I don't and that's not reflective of his talents by any stretch. Yeah, he just a various amount of uh, uh, artists and various yep. uh, genres of music where some people can't you know squeeze in. I don't think Peter Chris is jumping in on a Metallica session no. um, or, you know, maybe Eric Carr wouldn't fit in like like Peter like Eric Singer did with Olivia Newton John. Mm-hmm. You right. know, where yeah. he can play with her. Yep. Uh, maybe Eric Carr is just too you know too fucking loud and too too much of a rocker. I don't know. Right. But um you know his he started his first thing I believe is he was Lita Ford's drummer. Correct. Yep. Correct. He, he, yeah he, when she when she toured he was he was their touring drummer. Um, and then his first, then like his first, wait, 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 yeah, go ahead. Put up that photo on the coming soon of Eric and Lita. Lita was looking good back then. And Eric Singer looks like he's like 15 in that picture. Like he, they they both look, he looks really young and like fresh and she looks hot. Yeah. He looks good. He looks really good. It's like, that's a great look for him. I surprised he doesn't use that more. Um, look, look, but just let me, let me comment on that real quick. And I know that the elephant in the room right now is, is the comments that we've made about his face (laughs) and all that stuff. But, uh, but, uh, and we'll get, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But he, he, I I think he, because he had such a long career in kiss and outside of kiss without makeup, seeing him in the makeup is just silly to us. Not that we're not, we don't have a problem with the cat man, but it's still something that a lot of us just can't get past. And and, and his face doesn't fit the the style that cat man, it just doesn't. That fucking wig. And we'll we'll get into it. That too. That too. That too. too. That's Charlie McAvoy from the Bruins, like fat face. Yep. Like it's chubby. Yeah. It's like a squirrel with a mouthful of nuts. (laughs) Yeah. But it just doesn't fit. But no. whatever, we'll get into that part. Yeah. All yeah. I wanted to jump on was like, "Ooh, Lita Ford and boat. Lita Ford in '84. Oh. Oh. oh, that was smoke show. Lita Ford. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then he, and then, no, I was going to say, and then he jumps from Lita Ford over to Black Sabbath, the weird era of Black Sabbath when it when it had that that out al- that album, the, the Seventh Star, with <laughs> porno mustache Tony Iommi on the cover. That, that is a- the weirdest thing. So apparently he was going to do a solo album. Right. And the label's like, no, 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 no. I'm calling this Black Sabbath. And then, so this band that's Black Sabbath now has Black Sabbath featuring Tony. Oh, it's featuring him. Oh, oh, he's a new <laughs> member. Like, why would you do that? It was. Now, that being said, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that era of Sabbath. But if you but if you listen to those songs to try to get a grip on what Eric Singer could do, the guy friggin' absolutely kills it on those. He's a rock metal drummer. Yes, and he stood out on those albums. I mean, it's a it's a weird Black Sabbath era for sure. But he he was great. 
two albums, Seventh Star and The Eternal Idol. Yeah. And yep. then she jumps in, he starts playing with Gary Moore, who looks like the worst raging alcoholic I've ever seen. Gary, Gary Moore looks like he should be like an umpire for like little league baseball, not not renowned as one of the great guitarists of his generation. Like yeah, he, he yeah, he's stop. He looks like Jim Ignatowski from Taxi <laughs> Fucking Roommate. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. right? Yeah. Like, this guy hasn't slept <laughs> weeks or shit. He look and he always his face looks like he's like angry. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> but but you throw but his 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 name is like renowned in the world of guitar plays like he's yeah like he's legendary. Remember, Ozzy wanted him. That's right. Before Andy Rhodes came in, right? That's right. And I remember that. Like, yep. I've got a solo thing going here. Yeah. Yep. So he he was on that, and then he was like, I think he ends up on a Gary Moore album, a live album for Gary Moore yep. as well. And then he, you know, I think there was a, a couple other ones. One is called Drive. Like these no name bands that he, he ends up joining yeah. prior to the big thing that he, we, we all think of when we think of Eric Singer prior to Kiss. Yeah. And that is Badlands. Oh, shit. Yeah. I mean, God. Great album. That, that album. And I'll tell you right now the thing that pisses me off is that album is completely and totally out of print. The only way to find that, I mean, you can find it, you can find the CD. On eBay, it, it's it's it, that's a little bit easier to find. Me being the vinyl geek that I am, impossible. And if you do find it on eBay, you're spending like a hundred hundred fifty bucks because the whole thing's out of print. It's not available anywhere on streaming, so it's a very very. You can listen to it in full on YouTube, YouTube, <laughs> YouTube. But uh, but I, I, I it, it it pisses me off that the album is like hard to access because it's fucking unbelievable album, and, and he's great on it. Yeah, and that's because uh, Ray Gillen, the lead singer, was spreading AIDS across oh, the fucking Jesus country. <laughs> but I'm not a, uh, I'm not a homosexual. Sure, you're not a homosexual. Mr. Johnson, you have AIDS. He goes, AIDS? <laughs> AIDS? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, because of him, like, I think there was some sort of back apparently and they didn't want to put out their albums the mm-hmm. record company didn't but yep. he's only on the first badlands yeah the one that I, matters oh my god I, I will tell you i remember watching them because i knew who jakey lee is because yep. as you guys all know you know that i really like uh ozzy's ultimate sin and even bark at the moon right yep so uh, those are that's a great album and then i remember when Dreams in the Dark debuted. Oh my God, like, so good. Kind of like bluesy shit. Like, yep. this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And I remember Eric always doing his typical, which was the first time I saw it, like weird moves with the drums in his hands mm-hmm. and, you know, yep. like kind of like flashing them when he's hitting the. I was like, yep. wow, this man is good. That fucking singer rocks. Yep. He's a good looking guy, long hair. He's like, holy shit. It's like yep. a brunette Sebastian Bach. I'm like, and this guy's got a, like a real good bluesy voice, and uh, unfortunately, it didn't last. Eric didn't stay there, and he also was doing some Alice Cooper stuff. Yep. And yep. apparently, he uh, ends up going uh, on Paul's solo tour. Correct. Yep. He left Badlands around 1989 and joined Paul as his another quote touring drummer. 
on his uh, solo on a solo tour of the U.S. and Canada. Right. Yep. And that's when the whole story goes that Eric Carr was really hurt and upset that Paul didn't put him on his actual tour. Very hurt. <laughs> Listen to me. I was very hurt today. He was very hurt by this. <laughs> and uh, and you can tell why after reading all the books and stuff, because, you know, let's let's jump ahead a little bit. Paul puts Eric in his soul station band. Exactly. But he never yep. put Eric Carr on when he's doing his type of rock music in 89. Well, I, th- and I think goes, yeah, to, I think yeah. that's I think that speaks volumes about two things. Paul Stanley knowing what he wants. And Eric Singer being the kind of drummer that he is, he, and I don't mean this in a derogatory manner, but Eric Singer is the kind of guy who is like, what do you want me to do? What, tell me what you need me to play and how you need me to play it. And I will do it. And that's the kind of guy that Paul wants. Paul wants a guys who will, for lack of a better word, take orders. So in 1989, Paul's like, okay, Eric Singer, I need you to do this, this, and this. Okay. Fast forward 2021. I'm doing soul station. Eric, I need you to do this, this, and this Eric Singer, not only does it, but he does it unbelievably well. Yeah. He's a professional. Yep. Not that Eric Carr isn't, but the thing about it is now after, you know, hindsight being 2020, you read the books, you start learning about stuff. Yep. There was tension with them. And I yes, think there was Paul found, believe it or not, Paul found Eric to be whiny. Yep. And he's like, you know, well, which Eric we're, t- we're, t- we're talking about Eric, two Eric's Eric Carr, Eric Carr. And that's okay. why he's like, you know what? I don't want to deal with his puppy dog and like his insecurity issues and all that. It's like, you know what? I'm just going on my tour. I want to have fun. Fuck this. I want to get my own band. He brings Bob who he trusts Bob Kulik. Mm-hmm. Another, he, an- and another guy around and Eric singer's name came up that's and, right. and the rumor and the story goes that Eric Carr said, this guy's going to replace me in kiss. Yep. And you, and, and one of those questions, you always wonder, you know, God rest his soul. If Eric Carr lived and was not sick and remained healthy, where would that have progressed? Would that, would that have come to a head where kiss had to decide, do we want Eric Carr? Do we want Eric singer? How would that have worked? Because having a drummer in your band, such as Eric Carr, who you've had in your band for a while and brought you a lot of success. Then you decide to go on a solo tour and be like, nah, I'm going to take this guy instead. How do you kind of reconcile that? You know, now Eric got sick and, and passed away regretfully, but you got to wonder what would have happened if Eric well, Carr remained healthy. Think about it this way, though, too. Paul had a good relationship with Bruce. Bruce always says they have a positive relationship. Yeah. They're still friends to this day. Yep. He didn't take Bruce. I know he took his next best thing, his brother. So Bruce really can't get upset. Right. But he didn't take Bruce and he gets along with Bruce. So he wanted to carve his own identity. He's obviously not going to take Gene as his bass player. So I don't know. So now if Eric Carr lived, I don't think they would have replaced him with Eric Singer. I don't. I I probably don't think so either. Let's think about it logically. Who has been replaced? Peter, we know why. Yep. Ace left. Vinny, we definitely know why. Mark St. John, we know why. Mark, we know why. So who really got replaced? I don't think they're just going to fire him because like, well, Eric Singer doesn't get, you know, isn't I don't have to deal with his personality. It's not like Eric Carr is like a like a difficult person. Eric Carr is awesome. Exactly. But you know, he, he was a little insens- uh insecure. But who cares? That's nothing to like 
fucking dump him over. I don't think they would have got rid of him. No, um, I would like to think so either. I would like to think that Paul isn't that kind of person. But then again, I really I don't wouldn't underestimate Paul to do anything. Yeah, I just I don't think they would have done it. I think if Eric got healthier, they would have let Eric Singer play on the album as hmm. a ghostwriter on Maybe. Revenge. And yeah. then they bring Eric Carr back for the tour and act like nothing happened. Yeah, probably. Probably. Right? Yep. So yep. getting back to this. So he's in Badlands. He joins Paul's touring band. And then, as we all know, poor Eric Carr gets sick. Yep. So in December of 91, Eric takes over after Eric Singer takes over after poor Eric Carr's passing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it was almost like he was auditioning and Eric Carr may have been prophetically right. Right. That's true. It's true. It's true. And then, and then, so this is when we get into the revenge era, the carnival of souls era, which if I haven't said this before, um, it, by far, I love Eric Carr. I do love Eric Carr. I'm never going to, I will never say anything bad about him. The revenge era lineup is by far my favorite lineup other than the original, you know, the original seventies yep. kiss. And I think that's a product of two things. And I will admit is do I, is it because I like that? those members or is it because I like the style of music that those members recorded, which was revenge and carnival of souls. And I think the, th the reason why those albums are so spectacular and Eric Carr is one of the reasons, excuse me, Eric singer is one of the reasons why is because I think those two albums highlighted the strengths that Eric singer had, which was hard rock borderline metal music from his background with with Lita Ford, with Badlands, with Alice Cooper, with all these hard rock borderline metal bands. Yeah, Black Re Sabbath. Re Revenge and Carnival of Souls, that was not Crazy Nights. That was not Asylum. That was not Dynasty. Those were hard rock borderline metal albums, and he shined on them. Yeah, I, I would I would probably say, I mean, we did an episode all about the various band yeah. uh, lineups. Um, lineups. Yep. But I would still stick with Eric Carr probably yeah. and Bruce uh, over them. But you might be right, Tom, if you really think about it. If you put Crazy Nights in Asylum versus Revenge in Carnival Souls, I would lean that way too with right. Revenge in Carnival Souls over those two albums. Well, I'm not uh, saying that they're necessarily better albums, but I think I think Eric Singer, and, and, and which leads me to my next point. And, and, well, I would. Well, yeah, I know. I, right, I know a lot of people wouldn't because a lot of people hate Carnival of Souls and a lot of people think Revenge is overrated, which is fine. But I think it leads me to my next point, which one of the things that we always joke about, we talked about it when we did our live stream for the New Year's Eve show in Dubai, was we always comment about how bored Eric looks when he's playing Kiss songs. Mm -hmm. And I, preparing for this episode and listening to some of the music and thinking back to some of the thing, the shows that we've seen with, with, Eric, with Eric Singer, I think that he is bored because those kiss songs that he's playing from the glory days of kiss from the seventies and eighties. And I'm not trying to sound like some musical genius here, but those, those are like simple pop rock songs that for somebody like Eric is probably very, very, very easy to play and borderline boring to play. Like, I'm not trying to insult Peter Chris's and Eric Carr's drumming ability, but I think, you know, when it comes time for rock and roll all night or deuce Detroit rock city has some challenging drum parts in there, but I think those original kiss songs are very easy to play. And for somebody like him who has played 
you know, on Carnival of Souls, on Revenge, with Black Sabbath, with Gary Moore. All he's probably like, you know what? This is easy. I, I don't. I'm not breaking a sweat, and it, it does. It's so simple to me that I'm, I, it looks like I'm bored. That that's how I interpret that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. when you when you watch those Kiss tours, the Revenge tours. He does not look bored. He does not look disinterested when he's playing stuff from Revenge and stuff from Carnival of Souls. He's kicking ass. Is it challenging to play the same fucking set list for 20 years other than eight songs which have rotated in and out? That's the next point, too. Excellent point. You're right. Yep. Yep. So he might be like, oh, it's part of my job. You're not really rocking out if you're playing fucking Love Gun for the 100th millionth time. True. That's very true. Yeah. It is what it is. So he comes into Kiss. On in Kiss, as far as discography goes, you know, yep. he ends up playing on Revenge, Alive Three, Unplugged, Carnival of Souls, Sonic Boom, Monster, and Kiss Rocks of Vegas. Mm-hmm. And uh the upcoming uh CD, well, I should call it CD, but the upcoming soundboard album being released uh yep. this weekend. Absolutely. Yep. He, he'll be dr- he'll be he's the drummer on that performance from 2001 the Tokyo show. Yep. Yeah, and Eric Singer and Kiss great replacement. The uh big thing first thing you always notice about Eric and Kiss, this is non-makeup stuff. Oh shit, they got a blonde in there. Absolutely. Yep. Right? How yep. weird was seeing that? Yep. And he looked badass. I mean, he had that wild blonde mane of hair. He looked great behind the drums. Um I mean, he played great. He was there in the in that early '90s. You see some of those Revenge era band photo shoots. You know, it's you can tell that they're kind of confused. Are we are we are we, are we a Seattle band? Oh, you know. Remember when he used to wear those like like jumpers, fucking oh, overalls? Then yes. he had like the the fucking Doc Martens in the sock, yeah. thinking he was in Alice in Chains or something. Yeah, dude, you are not in Soundgarden. Stop <laughs> right now. Stop. He looks like he could have been in Soundgarden, yeah, but you're, you're not. Like, you're not. Dressed like Stone Gossard yeah. meets fucking Jerry Cantrell. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. It's like, come on. Yep. Yep. Uh, and, he's, and he's got these tight little shorts. <laughs> On the job, you know, I used to wear little shorts on the job and whatnot. Um, <laughs> but you know, he, he, Eric, at this point, you don't have Eric Carr, so yeah, everybody was happy with Eric Singer. Nobody had a fucking problem. Everyone loved Eric Singer in the band at that yep. point, right? Yep. We yep. lost Eric Carr. This guy's a great replacement. Kicks ass. The band kicks ass. Did anybody ever have an issue with Eric Singer? Let's say right up before the, you know, the whole fucking reunion unplugged shit. I never heard one person say one bad word about Eric Singer. Now, now here's, here's a question I wanted to ask you. When Eric Singer was picked to replace Eric Carr and become a member of Kiss, had you ever had you ever heard of Eric Singer? Yes, you had. Yeah, said Badlands. Badlands. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I had. I. I. When 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 I heard the name, I was like, okay, I know that name. I mean. Later, I got into Badlands later on. I wasn't I wasn't really into them when when they when that album came out, but I knew the name. I wasn't really that like I didn't know his extensive background with all the other bands he played in. But as soon as Revenge came, I was like, "Fuck, this guy is unbelievable!" Like this guy is unbelievable for this band right now and for the kind of music they're playing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I was happy with them. I mean, let's be blunt. me too. 
Me too. I still, I still am happy with him. I, I, I still, I'm still happy. He's in the band. He's, he's great. I wish he showed a little bit more excitement. It's like, Hey, I'm in kiss, but you know, <laughs> instead of being like, Hey, I'm at a fucking insurance seminar, you know, show some excitement, get it, get fired up. But again, I know we've said it before. Okay. We're playing, we're playing friggin' Detroit rock city again. Woohoo! Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So Eric comes in all of a sudden unplug comes in and then the inevitable. Right. Supposedly, I'm not even sure if Peter had a problem with him. Like, you know, Peter originally was like, oh, he thought Eric was a great drummer. I think Eric was like, oh, what about Peter can come on? And then the whole reunion comes up and they do their performance and then the inevitable comes. Yep. And then that's when uh, I guess uh, what do you call it was already done. Carnival uh, of Souls. Carnival of Souls. Him and Bruce are like, uh. Uh, <laughs> exactly. What does that mean for us? Uh, right. what what do we do with this album now? Yeah. Yep. And I think I I mean I'm with you. We haven't reviewed it. I think Carnival Souls gets a bad rap. It does. We'll save we'll save it for the inevitable album yeah. review. But yeah. But I, I'm I, I like the album. I can tell you that I like it. Yep. So that happens. So what does Eric Singer do after that? Yeah, Eric Singh is like, oh, so uh, I'm not in Kiss anymore? All right, I guess I'll go play with Queen and Brian May. Like, geez, talk about landing on your feet, dude. Yeah, and then he jumps back into Alice Cooper. Yep. Right? Yep. So yep. Eric is now with Alice Cooper again, and he's touring with him, and he's got his own thing going. He he did a couple of different things. Greg Chason, right? Mm-hmm. Stream, Gilby Clark live album. Yep. 20. 20- Eight IF. I have no idea what the fuck that is. Yeah, that's some weird side project he did. I'm not familiar with that one either. And then he comes up with the Eric Singer project, which is actually very, which, which is actually not a bad album because you got Bruce Kulick in there, you got John Karabi singing. It's actually a pretty underrated record. I think it was recently just repressed on vinyl from like some independent distributor, but it's 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 not a bad it's not a bad record at all. Yeah, and they actually have a live album where they did like yep. War Machine, Nothing to Lose, Unholy, Watching You, mm-hmm. a Free Ride, you know, Black Diamond, Domino, yep. Smoking in the Boys Room, and Jungle. Yep. Just yeah. to say a few. So the ESP was going on. Uh, Alice Cooper, he had going on. Uh, Avantasia. I don't even, I'm not even familiar with it. No idea what that is. Yeah. And then he also did something with Ronnie Montrose. Yeah, it's yeah. amazing. He has done like, you know, and, and it's funny. You read about Eric Singer, you hear about Eric Singer. No one ever has one bad word to say about him other than professional. But it is weird how everybody wants this guy's talents. Everybody wants him to play with them. It's it's amazing. I mean, it's a credit to him, but it's it's crazy to see that. Yeah. And he's he's got a great reputation. He was always like likable, kind of funny. Yep. Uh, has a great sense of humor stuff. And then, you know, what happens? The band has him on standby and like, hey, can you put on the makeup? <laughs> Peter's not uh, behaving himself. Yeah, Peter's being a dick and he's friggin' breaking shit. We need you to fill in as the cat man. <laughs> yeah. So Eric puts in puts on the cat makeup. And that's when the shit hits the fan in Kiss World. Yeah. However, Mr. Ace, F- Ace Frehley. <laughs> Doesn't have a problem performing with Eric Eric Singer in the cat makeup, does he? 
Wait a minute. I thought that was Peter the whole time. Who the <laughs> fuck was wearing that makeup? Yeah. Uh, I'll fucking do it for a couple bucks. I don't give a fuck. That's um, what he does. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, anyway, so Eric comes back and he puts on the makeup. And then we know what happens. At some point, they bring Eric uh, they bring Peter back because they go on that Aerosmith tour and the Aerosmith oh. tour, they had to have three members of kiss on that tour. Isn't and Ace is like, peace out. Yep. So they're like, fuck it. Let's just bring Peter back. So <laughs> Eric singer, uh, <laughs> take a back seat again. Show sure, No problem, boss. Dude. Talk about like cheated wife. No, like totally. you, you got fucking dumped and you keep coming back. It's like battered women's syndrome as a drummer. Like, like yeah. I mean, but again, he's like, hey, I'll do it. I'll do you be paying me. I'll do whatever you want. He plus he's no dummy. He's like, oh, go ahead. Peter will fuck this up anyways. <laughs> I'll be I'll, I'll be I'll be back. I give him about a fucking year at most. Exactly. He's no dummy. So guess what? Here comes Eric. And and I just got to say, the longer he's in the band, the worse he's starting to look as far as the Catman makeup. And the wig starts getting beyond stupid looking. His that jowls, got Richard Nixon jowls. It just makes, like, the makeup doesn't fit his face. No, it's the. Versus the, it's Tommy's the, ace makeup fits. He looks, he looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I know, think it's the the the, the, the Catman makeup, the nose and the whiskers accentuate. <laughs> Accentuate his chubby face. He just does. Yeah. yeah. And that wig. And though and that wig and that makeup. And in where did you get that dress? It's awful. And those shoes and that coat. Jeez. You know, and the other thing is like he wears like like even with the heels, he's still tiny. <laughs> oh, he's like he's like five foot. He's wearing a booster seat when he gets yeah. in the friggin' in the bus on the with the band. He he's he's yeah. He get he eats off the kids menu. Yeah, but I will give him credit. He he likes to like. I think he he's not as uh, I don't know what the word is, but not as in your face with the Catman as Tommy is with the spaceman. And I think maybe it's because he was in the band paying his dues in non-makeup before the makeup. So they don't give him as much shit. And you know, the ACE cult is a lot bigger than, uh, I don't know, me and Joey Casada as the only fans of fucking the big Peter Chris fan club. And I'm the biggest Peter fan. And I don't have a problem with Eric putting on the makeup. I get it. I think, yeah, I think the only beating Eric takes, well, I shouldn't say only, but you said how he's not in your face the way Tommy is. I mean, he sings Beth and that doesn't help either, but you're right. When Tommy does the, you know, shooting the rockets from the guitar and doing all the space alien graphics and video screen shit, that's just like, but we were on record as saying we don't care, but the people out there that are psychotic, that ace cult people, that original four, that crew out there that we see those Facebook groups, I get it, but it's the way of the world right now. They are the spaceman, the catman, the demon, and the star child. Interchangeable people playing characters, and that's how they that's how they look at it. Now they don't look at it the way some of these old fans look at it, and you got to deal with it. Yeah, I, I'm just for me. I, I wish that uh, 
you know, the, the people just realize, yeah, he's just doing it. It's not, it's not a problem. We would all rather have Peter and Ace, yep. but since they're not, they, these guys do a great job. And it's whatever, say what you want. No one has ever bitched about his playing performance. I no, just, we've, no, we've just bitched about the fact that he looks like he's taking a nap in the middle of friggin' rock yeah. and roll all night. And then the the drum solos just they're just so outdated at this point. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. Um, but Eric and Kiss, let's be honest. He um he's got a pretty decent voice. I think he's got a great voice. So I like his voice a lot. Sing two songs in the Kiss catalog, which are terrible singers, and they're not they're not bad songs. I for it, me, they're not bad songs. Not very kiss like, but they're not bad songs. Um, yeah, they I come from the a little they, bit better than the other. Yeah, they come from the Eric Singer all for the dot 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 collection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, Eric has been a good trooper and a good fucking member. And uh, for me, I I would keep him. Uh, I would say that. Uh, I can't think of anybody else we'd rather have right now doing this job. No, not at all. I'm I'm happy with him. I've always been happy with him. I think he's awesome. I just wish he showed a little bit more excitement and energy while he's playing. But again, I think he's bored. And when you're sitting down and you're playing the same songs every single night, uh, you know, it's easy to be bored. And especially if you're sitting there behind the drum kit and people, you know, you're not front and center. I'm sure everybody else is looking at Gene and Paul and all the bombs and flames and not paying attention to him, but we do because that's what we do when we see Kiss. We pay attention to every little thing on the stage, so we we might notice that more than some other people. That would be my only complaint, but I love his playing. I think he's a great singer. Uh, if you're going to let him sing, give Tommy and Eric one of their own originals. I know that they're not going to do that. We're not going to get into the set list, but you know, him singing Beth is just uh, eh, that one kind of bothers me, but that's okay. It is what it is. They're going to have him play that anyways. Yeah. Yeah. Now, as far as his personal life, there's not much out there on him. No, uh, you know, not at all. Girlfriend here and there, you kind of hear about it. There was that documentary about him. Remember that fucking whole kiss video when he was gonna? He was in like New Zealand. They're waiting for Eric because he was he met some girl, something like. Yep. He's you know in his sixties, never married, no kids, no public girlfriends. No social media presence whatsoever at all. <laughs> I am shocked that the gay rumors of him are not bigger. I don't. I. I think there I think, are some rumors of that. I, I think. think the seclusion kind of shields him from that. If he was out in public more, alone and in people's in, in the front of people's minds, maybe you'd hear more of that. But I think he's so out of sight, out of mind that I don't think people have time to even think about him in his social life. But, you know, like we talked about Tommy Thayer with his, his personal social media, talking about his vineyard and stuff like that, practicing, you know, Eric, Eric just does not have a social media presence whatsoever at all. And that's yeah, fine. I guess you know, good, good luck to well him known for the one thing he is well known for. He is some sort of watch connoisseur. Yep. Very famous and to the point that he like judges things. They put him on like prestigious boards yep. because he's so knowledgeable about watches and that's his hobby. God bless him. I love when people find a different passion, something unique that's yeah. their own. And this is Eric's yep. and he's big into his watches and it's a, like he's gotten like a critical acclaim for this knowledge and skill and uh, it's one of his personal things. 
the only other thing I could think of, like he 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 was in the movie Shocker. I heard, you yes. know, a small part there. He's yep. got various stuff, like you know that he he's jumped in. He's helped an Italian singer, uh, rock singer. He's been on this band. He's been on uh, fucking like like we said earlier, Olivia Newton John. Um, it, it just seems like he he's well known for. You name the genre, it's not a big deal. Oh, he's a great drummer. He he can jump on it. If you look at his like thing, you're like, oh, but wasn't he in Kiss when he did that? Or wasn't he this and that? He is a busy man. Yeah. Like I said earlier, he's he's a session drummer who has also been lucky enough to be in bands and in, in to be in Kiss. Uh, but other than that, he's a guy. He, he, he's he's like a jack of all trades, like an, an on call player that can do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it, and he does it very, very well. Yeah, and you're right. And that that the watch hobby that that's pretty amazing. I mean, it says, you know, he, he was he, he was he was invited to join a group of people in Geneva, and they like and they selected like you know the the best watches. This is back in 2015. Like he's like he's like a watch like guru which god love you if you have if you're into a hobby like that and you become an expert at it god love them but see that but that leads me to be you know kind of weird and i and again i know i know some people shy away from social media for a multitude of reasons and maybe he doesn't want to take the beating from the asshole kiss fans out there that call him cheater chris or whatever <laughs> cheater but, chris you What's know the other one what eater chris <laughs> <laughs> that one <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't thinking of that. Oh, is that it? Oh, no, no. But you would, you, yeah, but you, you would, you would think it'd like be bragging, either Chris. You think he'd be bragging about his whole watch thing, taking pictures of him, like, like ooh, like posing with his shit. You know what I mean? But he just doesn't want to do it, and God bless him for that. I guess I don't know. Yeah. But he's also, let's be honest, third in line to the throne. Oh yeah, that's true. That's like, true. If there's little segments, and everyone gets to talk, he'll talk more than Tommy. Oh, totally. He's third in line, yeah, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, of course. And that's the, that, you know, he's got a fun personality. He's always joking and stuff. Um, for me, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Eric singers. Mm-hmm. I like, I know I like to tease him sometimes about the fucking stuff, but all, all accounts, he's a great guy. Absolutely. Me too. I, 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 I think he's a fantastic drummer. I think everything he's done is very, very good. Uh, I'm happy he's in the band. Uh, he's reliable. He's trustworthy. You're never going to have a problem with him. And right now we've said this many, many times. That's what Paul and Gene are looking for. So I have yep. no problems with him. Like, you know, we make, we make the little jokes and one liners about his appearance with the makeup, et cetera. But you know, other than that, I don't have anything to bad, bad to say about his contributions and his ability to, for the, to play for the band. Yeah. Yeah. So what we usually do, Tom yep. is we do a top 10 list of the person's, uh, that is more uh, aligned with when you think of this uh, member of the band. Okay. So it doesn't have to be. Obviously, we just did Mark St. John. He didn't sing on anything. So he was on Animalized. We didn't just say, oh, number one is Heaven's on Fire. Heaven's on Fire. Well, no, yeah. we said what you know showcases their talent or you think of when you think of this person. So we try to do a top 10 list of Eric Singer tracks from discography. Not... Yeah, I saw the Manchester, New Hampshire, oh, 90, in '98. No, no. So, no. actually, he wouldn't have been in the band in '98 in Manchester. But I'm so he, glad you just said that because somebody on social <laughs> you, you <laughs> fucked up. He wasn't in the band. Oh, you lose your kiss card. Yeah, nice job. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
so do you want to go first? Yes. So we're talking about, so these aren't, these aren't necessarily like Zeus said, our favorite songs. These are the songs where we enjoy the performance by the band member that we're discussing, which is here is Eric Singer. So number 10 for me is off of revenge. And that is paralyzed. Uh, very unique song, different type of song, but I love yeah. what Eric, I love what Eric, I love what Eric does on that entire album. Um, but that, that song is a standout track for me. And I think what's going on with the music and the drums are, uh, is very cool for me. So, um, I'm going to let you know that that's an, one of my three honorable mentions. Okay. And there's a spot in that song where it breaks down where remember when we had our 100th episode with Bruce and Jericho, yes. Bruce played that breakdown and there was some rapping going on. Oh my God. And it was brutal. But the album version that ended up, the version that ended up on the album, I should say, is like a breakdown. You can hear that whole little drum yep. pack going. Yeah, yeah, that was the so, part of the. Yeah, yeah, that was that's what I hear as the earworm. I like, think of Eric. Yeah, was, yeah. See, what I think of is when Jericho yelled at us because we were laughing while Bruce Kulick played it. <laughs> Shut up! I'm trying to hear it. Shut the fuck up! I'm gonna kill you. You do not treat me like this. All right, my number 10, this is off Carnival of Souls, Tom. Okay. Um, I think the drumming on this is great, especially when Paul screams and the band kicks back in, Master and Slave. Excellent. Nice. I'll say that right now. That was one of my honorable mentions. Yep. Okay. Awesome. Number nine. Uh, okay, number nine for me is, uh, again, Carnival of Souls, and that is I Confess. Just Eric just beats the shit out of this album with his drums. Um, that it's a standout track on the album for me, but just his performance on that is something that stands out. So another kind of different, unique type of Kiss song. So I'm, I'm I'm a huge fan of that one. Yeah, number nine for me, and I do like. I confess, I'm trying to be coy when we talk about songs from albums we haven't reviewed. Yeah, I like the song. Number nine for me, Modern Day Delilah. That's a fucking heavy track. Yep. That's a heavy track, and I think he really kicks ass on it. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, so when I made my list, I also included the live albums that Eric was a yep. part of. So num- number eight for me was the opening track off of a live three, which we recorded, and that is Creatures of the Night. I think uh, this version, I'm on record, we reviewed Creatures of the Night also. A uh, little overrated. I know people like the drum sound. To me, it's a little bit too much. I I like it, but... Uh, I love the way Eric sounds on a live three and creatures of the night just sounds fantastic with him playing number um, eight for me. Dun, 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 dun. I like it. <laughs> That's right. Nice. Back to the stages. When Gene does that, blah, the drums, you can hear. Blah. Oh, he kicks ass on that. Okay. I well, I, I will, I will say that's a, that's one of my other, honorable mentions i have three so far you've picked two okay um so we're gonna go to my number seven which is a duplicate you already picked it and this is modern day delilah great song drums kick ass on this great way to start that album yep and number seven for me i just wanna and it's maybe it's the video because he does that whole badlands stuff with his drumming and his yes movements Yep. And it just, I, I, I fucking always loved it. And yep. it just looks badass for me. So um, I just want a number seven. Yep. Great song. 
number six, uh, we're not ranking where we like songs because this would probably be a little bit higher if we were ranking just yeah. the, the the love of the song. But uh, yeah, off Revenge, his performance in Unholy. Uh, Unholy is my number six. I don't want to say too much about the song because eventually we are going to get to the Revenge album review. So I will just leave it at that, that his performance on Unholy. That's uh, honorable mention number two for me. Okay. okay. Okay, cool. And number six is a duplicate for me, Tom, and that's Creatures of the Night, Alive 3. Okay, good. All right. Uh, number five for me off of Carnival of Souls, <clears throat> a little bit of a slower groove, but the groove is what I like about it, and that is Jungle. Um, I love that song, and I like that it's a little bit slower tempo groove. It doesn't really showcase the power of Eric Singer, but I, I like what's going on with him on that on that song there. All right. All right. <laughs> um, number five for me, cheating here, Beth from Kiss Rocks Vegas. Okay. Uh, that's not cheating, but you like his vocals. Okay. Yeah, there's a little okay. acoustic version there. Yep. Not bad. Not bad at all. Okay. Uh, number four for me, I talked about my love of this song when we review the album. This is another one off of a live three. Uh, and I remember talking about how much I love the drums on this, and that is watching you from a live three. Uh, I love the drum. I love that song in general, but I love the drums on this one in, for a live three. Okay, that's number four for you. Yep. Number four for me, cheating. Black Diamond. Ooh. Vegas. Okay. 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 Yeah, so I'm trying to get into the the vocal stuff here. Yeah, no, 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 that's fine. Yeah, I'm a spoiler alert. I'm not getting into the vocals. Yeah. <laughs> so uh number 3 for me, another one off of Revenge. Uh this is a more of a this is a power performance by Eric here on this one and that is this is Thou Shalt Not. Yeah. Again, I'm not going to say too much about the song cuz we haven't talked about Revenge yet, but powerful performance on that song for sure. Number 3 for me, Tom. It's obvious. Uh, I was going to pick this. Nothing to lose from Unplugged. Oh yeah, I knew. I knew you'd have that. Yep. Um, amazing. Amazing. It yep. still would have been better if Peter sang the whole song, but that's yeah. What I, I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. Um, all right. So number two for me, uh, I'll stick with the Unplugged, and that's the opening track on Unplugged, and that is Coming Home. Uh, I think those drums sound spectacular, and uh, he's just just keeping a really nice groove there. Again, we haven't reviewed um, MTV Unplugged yet, but. Uh, that's my number two. Wow. Number yep. two for me, one of his songs, All for the Love of Rock and Roll. I think his vocal performance is okay. See, we, yeah, his his vocals are very, very good. It's just not a good song. And, and that's not his fault per se, but I don't know. His vocals aren't bad. I'll give you that. I like the sound of his voice. Yeah. All right. Number one for me. We have not reviewed this album yet, but this to me is by far Eric's standout drumming performance in terms of power, technicality, aggression, and that is hate off a of Carnival of Souls. He is going to town here on this song. So we haven't reviewed it yet, but I will just say that he just absolutely tears it up on hate. Number one for me is All for the Glory. It's the better of these two songs that he does. Okay. Okay. So that's my number one. Okay. Good Let's enough. go to honorable mentions. Now, I think we got two of yours, Master and Slave, Back to the Stone Age, right? Correct. Yep. What's the third? My third one, this is going to sound kind of weird because it's a very slow ballad, but again, we're talking about power. Not very technically going on here, but again, from a live three, the version of I Still Love You. 
It's just it just that that aggression, that volume, the live version of it. I, I I love it from a live three. So for me, um, you already mentioned unholy and paralyzed. Yep. I had I went a different route. I went okay. in my head. Off okay. Time. Yep. Nice. We'll, so. we'll we'll save some extended comments for when we eventually get to that album review. But nice. Yeah. Yep. So that is basically our uh, Eric Singer episode. Eric is still going strong. I know he. We have the uh, new album coming out, and maybe if he came out a week before, we put some of those tracks on this. But this is what we're going with now. Yep. So let us know what you guys think, and let us know what tracks you guys would put as your top Eric Singer tracks. Yeah, let us know where you stand on him as a as a drummer, as a performer. Are, are we wrong? Does he not look lazy? Is he playing? You know, I, I, I take that. I, I use that word lightly when I say lazy. I should say disinterested. Uh, but yeah, tell us what you think about his performance. Does he add something to Kiss? Is he uh, is is he what we want right now? I know it's what I want right now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Eric Singer, there he is. Yeah. So Tom, what we do usually from here is go to this. Hi, this is Ed Spansberg of ClickTeaShop.com, and for all your shouted out loudcast gear and merchandise, please visit ClickTeaShop.com. At ClickTeaShop, you can find lots of Kiss-inspired t-shirt designs, plus mugs, hats, hoodies, pillows, and all new fine art selections. And now, here's your question of the week. All right, and this week our question comes from Virgil Stay from Facebook. It's kind of a fun question. Do you guys play an instrument, or have you ever in the past, when you rock out to Kiss, which instrument do you airplay? All right, well, I'll start off with the first one. Um, I have three guitars, two electric and an acoustic. I don't spend enough time with them as I would wish I did. I can play a little bit. I, I know how to read music, and I know how to play chords. Uh, but again, I don't spend enough time with them to really be able to master them. Uh, I wish I did. I I don't really have an excuse other than I have a family and a job and a podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I do have those guitars. I stare at them every time I go into my basement. I did. I do wish I spent more time with them. But yeah, the, I, I, so I do have them. You know, my son is starting to get into it. He wants to start learning the, the acoustic as well. So uh, I will never be the next Tony Masalem from restrained. So <laughs> is that, that is a positive thing. And, and I mean that from a guitar standpoint, not from a miserable standpoint. <laughs> so that's my answer, Virgil. And when I rock out to kiss, or when I rock out to anybody, it's, it's always drums. I'm always playing with my fingertips on the steering wheel or whatever. So your finger's good. Yeah. Your finger's good. What, what about you, booger? Um, I have a guitar. It's an Ibanez. I think you've seen it. I got yep. an acoustic guitar somewhere around here. Yep. Uh, I don't know how to play anything. I just like looking at it. I can rock out with my uh, Guitar Hero fucking yes. one. And uh, yes. what's the, the band one? What was the band Band, one? band Hero. So the a yeah, rock, one band, had, rock, one rock band. One was a Les Paul and one yep. was a Strat. I forget which yep. one the Strat is yep. for. But I can rock out with that thing. And when I'm like you listen to Kiss and rocking out. I'm singing, man. I'm the front man. Oh, Woo! With a voice like this, of course. <sighs> yeah, and if anybody's asking, Zeus identified his guitar as an Ibanez. My one of my electrics is an Epiphone 
one of mine is a Fender and the acoustic is a Yamaha. So in case anybody cares. So perfect. But yeah. So Virgil, thank you for the question. Maybe one of these days, the two of us will get better at it and we'll, we'll, we'll make a shout it out loudcast cover album. <laughs> Tom is going to do a cover of I pledge allegiance to the state of rock and roll. See, See Tom, we got it in. You got it in there. I know I, somebody cut one of, one of our, one of our patrons commented, and I didn't think it was going to be possible, but we always find a way. So thank you, Zeus, for uh, making me happy this week with that one. Yes. <laughs> Tom, where can people find us? All right. It's always our email address is the best place. Uh, as you can see, we read it. We read the emails on the air. Um, I say this every week. We don't, we might not read all of them on the air, but we do see them and we do talk about them. And that is shouted out loudcast at gmail.com. Shout it out loudcast at gmail.com. Please send us the emails. Give us feedback, comments, episode ideas thoughts on what you'd like to see more of all that good stuff we're very interactive you guys know that and then of course the social media twitter facebook instagram very interactive on all that uh those are all you can comment and tag us you can dm us on all of them reach out to us let us know what you think about what's going on in the world of kiss and shout it out loudcast uh and of course we're part of the fantastic uh pantheon podcast network of shows tons of great shows and we're a proud member of that family uh, and of course, as we mentioned earlier in the show, our great Patreon family, check us out at patreon.com or the app and search for us, uh, multiple tiers that you can look at, take a look at what we offer. And if you want to be part of the family, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we're happy to have, uh, everybody, uh, there that's part of it so far and always grateful for their support. So, and of course our buddy Ed, uh, for the question of the week, a click T shop, click with a K. He posts a ton of stuff on social media. We try to share a lot of his things. Uh, just came out with some new graphics. I just got that new revenge shirt where it's written in that writing. It has the Statue of Liberty with the skull and she's given the finger. Uh, pretty, pretty awesome design seeing that I love revenge. Wink, wink. So, uh, yeah, check us out. There's tons of places to find us. Yeah. So a, a lot, of, as we mentioned before, like a lot of our Patreon fans have been rocking out the new album review crew. That's sure. right. They, they can That's find on click t shop that's right com yep uh people you can always dm us on twitter facebook instagram don't forget to subscribe to our youtube <laughs> i set that up for you brother uh channel YouTube. uh we uh i we're our feedback from youtube is getting there it's like yeah. really getting to, to be pretty uh substantial and we love it so and don't forget to give us one of those five star child reviews on itunes that helps us a great deal and uh, obviously when you do give us one of those five star reviews we always make sure that we uh read that over an episode and finally people i always like to repeat once again our email because those are always fun to get uh shout it out loudcast at gmail.com shout it out loudcast at gmail.com we always end our episodes with famous last words tom do you got any of course. I didn't pick this song as my top 10 Eric Singer songs, but I'm going to throw him a bone here with some lyrics. So I hitched a ride on a trip going nowhere. Got 50 bucks in a fight. Isn't a lot. You know, when it's over, you know, the feeling. Well, it feels all right. All right. Settle the fuck down. Yeah. Settle down with that song. <laughs> Tom, we live the life. We've paid our dues. 
That's it? <laughs> I just thought so fucking stupid. <laughs> We're hanging tight. We make our news. Oh, God almighty. Okay, <sighs> Eric. Tom, thank you. Kiss Army, thank you. Loudcasters, thank you. Guys, thank you so much, as always, for the support, the listenership, the interaction. We appreciate it more than you guys know. Zeus, thank you, as always. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.